0: HD1 New York. This is a special coronavirus edition of Street Soldiers. Hosted by Lisa Evers on Hot 97. Brought to you by Health First. Insurance for New Yorkers.
1: Good morning, New York City, the United States, and everyone joining us around the world via live stream on hot97.com and our free Hot 97 app. It's Sunday, April 5th, 2020. I'm your host, Lisa Evers, and I'm so glad you're joining us for the special two-hour live broadcast from our Hot 97 studios in New York City, the epicenter right now of the COVID-19 pandemic in the United States. Now, while some people are still, incredibly enough, in denial about the seriousness of this crisis the reality is spelled out in the numbers, which are devastating. As of last night, there were more than 113,000 cases in New York State, and more than 3,500 people have died. One of those deaths was the mother of Scott Stringer, the New York City uh, Comptroller, and our condolences to him and his family. So Nearly 16,000 people right now in New York State are in the hospital and 10,000 patients with coronavirus have been discharged. So people are recovering. Some people are dying. Some people are recovering. Some people are just hanging on for their lives right now and fighting for their lives. New Jersey has more than 29,000 cases. That's bigger than some of the towns in New Jersey and over 600 deaths. Connecticut, nearly 5,000 cases with just over 130 deaths. Both Governor Cuomo and White House Coronavirus Response Coordinator, Dr. Deborah Burks. They expect the peak to hit in the next seven days. They're even saying here in New York City, we could be hitting the peak and we're gonna find out in a minute what that really means within the next four to six days. This is one of the contagious uh, aspect of the coronavirus epidemic is the, is the most deadly. And uh, we're, we're going to find out what we can do to protect ourselves. Now, while frontline workers, healthcare and hospital staff, paramedics and EMTs and U.S. Army National Guard continue to struggle with critical safety supply shortages, they do their jobs and we thank you for that. Help is on the way. The NBA is donating one million surgical masks to essential workers. Thanks to the Knicks and the Nets and the Chinese Consul General. Nets owner Joe Tsai donated 2,000 ventilators, and Governor Cuomo says the Chinese government is sending 1,000 ventilators this weekend. 85,000 people have volunteered to help in the crisis. Governor Cuomo says 85,000 volunteers here in New York State, including 22,000 from out of state who have come here specifically just to help us out at this time. So we appreciate the sacrifices all of you are making to come here and, uh, and help us out. But this is far from over. And as, as we, uh, been told by Mayor de Blasio and both Governor Cuomo and Governor Murphy in New Jersey, uh, the worst is yet to come. More stories are close, are, more stores are closing. That's one of the things I noticed yesterday when we finished the show and I was heading home. Uh, I saw many more stores that I had seen on the way home that were open last Saturday. They were closed. And uh, that's making it tougher for people. That's meaning longer lines at some of the stores that are open. Our first responders are suffering tremendous strain. We want to keep that in mind and keep them in our prayers. Under the heavy volume of people asking for help, our emergency 911 operators are taking thousands Thousands more calls every day. Um, Our FDNY paramedics and EMTs are making nonstop runs to people in distress, trying desperately to save lives, saving 16, doing 16 hour shifts. You know, getting a couple hours sleep and then back at it again. The NYPD is trying to do their job with nearly 20% of their members out sick. So everybody is pulling extra hours, doing extra duty. And we thank everybody that's out there doing that. The last two days, we've seen about 12 people an hour in New York City die due to the coronavirus. And that is expected to get worse over the next week. It's just so depressing just even talking about this. Remember, every one of those numbers... That's a human being, that's somebody's mother, that's somebody's father, that's somebody's son, somebody's daughter. You know, somebody's loved one, a neighbor. It's like the, the ripple effect of this, we can't even begin to estimate, you know, for a very, very long time. So, in spite of this depressing picture, though, there are many people who do survive. As I said, 10,000 people discharged um, after being hospitalized for coronavirus here in New York State. But we can all do our part to slow the spread of this highly contagious virus, especially going to this most dangerous period. We're taking your phone calls now at 1 800 223 9797. 1 800 223 9797. And on my Instagram and Facebook pages at Lisa Evers with that blue check mark, you can leave us your questions and comments. We're joined in studio by Dr. Emmanuel Manny Fambu. He's a medical doctor with an MB and MBA and author of the best selling book, The Future of Healthcare, a medical futurist and a medical expert. He's also advising some of the key policymakers at the forefront of the coronavirus response and how we're dealing with the pandemic. Dr. Manny, thank you so much for joining us this morning. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Lisa. So when you hear these these new new numbers and they keep going up and up and up, and then Governor Cuomo saying we could be hitting the worst in the next four to six days, how does how do you assess that? What does that really mean?
2: I know it's scary for everyone. Um but there's always light at the end of the tunnel. Just like you mentioned earlier, uh, most people that get infected do survive, right? They don't die. Um And feel- that's
1: still the case?
2: That's still the case. And uh, I think that will continue to be the case. Um As we know, the people that have low immune systems, um, you know, have other comorbid conditions, uh, elderly at higher risk. That's why we keep pushing on people to stay home and make sure we could keep the people safe.
1: Now the big message that we got uh yesterday from the from the governor and from and, and from the mayor as well it's really a story of volunteers and ventilators they need people to work the, in these frontline healthcare jobs and then they also need ventilators when the governor says the, this apex or this the peak is coming in four to six days. Does that mean the, the what does that really mean? It means
2: on? it means that um, from forecasts and predictions um, we think that um, the worst case scenario or the, the, the tipping point, the highest uh, number of
1: infections, if everything else is controlled, will be uh, next week. So does that mean that the most that that's also in terms of of catching it or being exposed to it that that's the risky that's going to be the riskiest week numerically.
2: Uh, it just means that uh, the number of people that we that they can predict um, actually are carriers and those that get infected uh, that we, we- If everyone stays at home, just like we told, I mean, everyone's been told to stay home. Right. They can be controlled to that point. It doesn't mean that if we break those rules, that the numbers will not spike again. You see, if if everything is controlled, there'll be a point where we'll have a maximum number of people that are infected. And then hopefully we have fewer new infections.
1: And then in terms of who's getting it, I ask you this every time you come on the show. And thank you for being with us again and and sharing all your knowledge with us. In terms of who's getting it, who do we do? Is it too soon to tell? Because right now they're just basically trying to save lives, right? But do we know anything? Correct. So um, anyone can get it, like we said, right? I mean,
2: so anyone can be a carrier of this, right? The, the question becomes: Who gets sick? And there are people that have had it that actually recovered. There are those that get it and then proceed over to have more severe disease, pneumonia. They end up needing ventilators. Uh, but a very interesting uh, point here to, to think about it is: If you we live, if, if you live in New York City in any of the boroughs, for example, if you're in Manhattan. Definitely people that have, uh, the median income is much higher than if you live in the Bronx or so you live in other parts of the city, okay? And what we are finding out um is, and a lot of publications now, a lot of data that, that supports this is, when we talk about people should stay home, and we talk about some of those essential workers. Who are those workers? Workers that work in grocery stores, right? Um You, you know, you have your your supers, right? You have your janitors. They have to clean everything else. They have to make sure we survive. Gas station attendance, grocery store. Most what?
1: interaction with the public.
2: Correct. Most interacting with the public. Those people. People are not making over 120000 dollars a year, right? So these people live in poorer communities that, in general, were being affected with chronic um, conditions, medical conditions, diabetes, asthma, some of those things we talked about. Uh, just in the Bronx, for example, if you look at the Bronx, the, the, the death rate in the Bronx is three times higher than that of Manhattan. The death rate in the Bronx three times higher than Manhattan. Correct. And in the Bronx, even before this whole COVID-19 pandemic, if you look at the rates of hospitalizations for asthma, right, they was significantly high. Bronx had the highest readmissions in a hospital for asthma than any other county in New York.
1: Right. And I think one of the highest in the country, too, especially in the South Bronx there.
2: Correct. And so those people in those particular areas don't have the luxury of taking time off work they have to go to work, right? So they're taking public transportation. But they still. don't eat, right? Correct, Well, they don't eat. And so those people are being exposed a lot more. And when they come back home, people don't have the luxury of having basements in their apartments, right? People are, are living in
1: apartments, multiple people, and someone has to go out and work for everyone to survive. And this is the thing that, this is the whole point that people, that we've been making on the show too, is, is that people in the city, you know, when they talk about, oh, if you're not feeling well, you should isolate yourself and all that. That's easy to do if you have a house that has a basement and that has an extra room or you have, you know, separate bedrooms for every single person that's in that household, and there's a lot of households here in New York City that don't have that. Correct, and,
2: and when we expect these people to go to work, and guess what? They don't even really have protective uh, equipment to actually protect them from going to right, and so they're they're going to work, exposing themselves, coming back, taking the train stations, going back to communities that already had, you know. Uh, pre-existing conditions are massive chronic uh, problems with disease. And they have very poor health care systems to, uh, to actually manage them. I think in the Bronx, actually, um, it's very difficult to actually find a testing center even within the Bronx itself.
1: Right, and there was one testing center. I posted a picture on my uh, on my Instagram page. The It was a testing center in the Bronx. The National Guard that was dealing with the public, telling them where to go. You know, they were in cars, of course, but telling them where to go. They didn't have masks. They didn't have protective gear. Some of the workers, the just the civilian staff uh, who were there directing people talk but talking to them you know pretty close up in the the window of the car you know through the window you know with the window of the car rolled down they didn't have they didn't have a mask they didn't have gloves they didn't have anything C- correct
2: and that's actually even scarier last night i was actually watching a video of the javits center i, I looked at the number of, of hospital rooms that actually built there, massive like hundreds and hundreds and i was thinking who's going to work in each one of those rooms Right, I mean, if you show up, we don't have an increase in thousands of doctors and nurses that are showing up <laughs> at Javits Center to work right, right. to cover the shifts. And those that are along are working these long shifts, like you mentioned, sixteen hours. The longer you work, the more prone you are to making errors, right? And so, the, so true, correct. So the issue here is intense capacity beyond what the, our health system can uh, can handle. That's the problem.
1: And then also, Governor Cuomo, uh, they're allowing the medical students. Who are about to graduate? You know, who are about to graduate this uh, June or this, you know, this this term, allowing them to to start working because they're just they're so desperate for people.
2: Correct. And people are working long hours. Bef- even before this, healthcare workers had burnout issues, right? Uh, suicide rates and mental health rates were very high in uh, in the healthcare, um, especially uh, population, right? As a, as a doctor, I'll tell you that many physicians actually, the, the suicide rates among doctors is very high. Burnout rates are very high because they're being overworked. And so imagine that in this particular crisis. Yes, they're doing their best to actually cover the shifts, but people are getting sick. People are getting infected. People are taking days off. Someone needs to cover those shifts,
1: right? right? So it's insane and they've been going hard for weeks now here in New York. Correct. And all it's going them. to get worse. So so in ter- in terms of this in terms of going into this peak period now, uh as Governor Cuomo says, do we have, you know, we keep hearing about these ventilators is part of that politics where they have to keep asking for them just to keep the pressure on and keep the word out there so that some of these, you know, some of these multimillionaires like like the owner of the Nets and, you know, uh Robert Kraft and pe- people will just do what they can to you know, to pitch in.
2: It, it is one of those things where we all have to work together as a community, right? Um, no one, um, politics outside, I don't think anyone was expecting this kind of thing to happen, right? So no one had thousands and thousands of ventilators on the side waiting right, to get in. You probably have very few manufacturers that are ventilators. But uh, for what I've heard recently, that other uh, companies in the country are actually st- stepping up and we are trying to get our hands on as much ventilators as possible.
1: All eight hundred two two three ninety seven ninety seven. 223 1-800-223-9797. That's one eight hundred two two three ninety seven ninety seven. 223 9797 Give us a call. Let us know how this whole coronavirus pandemic is affecting you and your family. 1-800-223-9797. Dr. Manny, let's take a call right now. Uh, Let's go to Lisa. Lisa, hi, you're on Hot 97 with Lisa Evers and Dr. Manny. Go right ahead. Hi, Lisa Evans. I'm I'm concerned. Um, One of my friends is sick and they work in the hospital
3: and they told go home. Stay there for seven days and then go back to work. So I'm confused. So if you're sick, then you go back to work. I don't understand that.
1: Was was your, your uh, co-worker, were they given a test, any a COVID test? No, she said she had
3: a fever. She was coughing. So we like confused. Like how you go back to work if you have the virus? I don't understand that.
1: What about that, Dr. Manny? Well, do you, first of all, she doesn't know if that's the virus or that's the flu or whatever, right? Correct. I mean, yeah, I, yeah, I, I,
2: I think uh, right now it's, it's a very concerning period. Like on my way here, um, you know, this morning, if I see someone sneeze or cough, the first thing is is that <laughs> COVID-19 is coronavirus, right, right. right? So it's a normal instinct for people to have.
1: Especially this time of year. We're going into allergy season, right?
2: Correct. Yes. So I will hopefully trust that uh, if she was not feeling well, it's not. Uh, COVID 19, maybe it's fatigue. Um, I mean, there are many reasons why people will cough and sneeze and have fevers, right? It doesn't mean you have coronavirus right. if you have a fever, but I understand the high. Um, concern. Concern, yes, exactly. So so I will consider that a high risk until proven otherwise. So I, in that particular case, I think someone like that should be tested because they're high risk, the healthcare worker in the forefront the front line, so they should be tested and then ruled out, then go back, because everyone should be concerned.
1: All right, Lisa, that's the best we can do for you right now. Thank you so much for calling in, okay? Thank
4: you. Thank you so right, much. Thank you. Have a and, day.
1: and thank you guys for what you're doing. We, we appreciate it. The um Okay, let's go to uh Marie Hamilton right now. Marie, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Or is it Hamilton? Did I just d- disconnect? Okay. Um let's let's go to uh, wait, we'll take a call in a minute. But the in in, ter- in terms of the burnout in terms of the burnout factor cuz some of the, some of the smaller states where this you know this hasn't hit in as devastating a way as what the uh, De- Dr. Deborah Burke says are the hot spots, New York, Louisiana, Detroit. Some of these smaller states, they're testing doctors every single day. They're getting a COVID-19 test to make sure before they they even see patients. Correct. We There's don't have that luxury though right now
2: be absolutely no reason why New York City should not be testing its frontline workers. Absolutely no reason. Because think about it. It's not just about, one, if they get infected and they get sick, then they can't take care of patients, right? And we know the numbers are going to increase and we need these people to be there. Second of all, this these this frontline workers have to go back home to their own families. I've seen cases where clinicians are actually going back home and staying in tents outside of their own homes because they're worried about getting their family sick. Right, that's that's
1: not acceptable. No, that isn't acceptable. One 9797 That's one 9797 And one of the fastest growing areas, Doctor Manny, as you know, is Long Island. They're getting they're getting hit with a really big wave of coronavirus cases, and a lot of tragedies happening out there, and a lot of health workers doing the best that they can. Let's go right now to uh, Waylon Hobbs Jr. He's the Village of Hempstead trustee on Long Island, and and uh, he's trying to deal with people. People that just don't think they need to stay inside or stay home. Waylon, thank you so much for joining me and Dr. Manny.
5: Good morning. Thank you for having me.
1: Good morning. Now you're very concerned. Tell us what's happening in Long Island, because just from just from friends and and work colleagues and coworkers, I'm getting you know people are saying, oh, now we're starting to hear about this neighbor or this person at this particular store or or at this you know part of our church group or whatever, who's being being affected. What do you see happening in Hempstead there, in your village?
5: Well, here in Hempstead Village, uh, last month, March the 18th, we had 14 people that tested positive. As of today, we have over 300. And this is just in the village of Hempstead. And uh, and so we're concerned about the growing numbers. Um, I've also noticed that people are not just following the rules as for social distancing we still have people that's hanging out on the on the streets uh you know gathering together we've closed our parks inside and outside uh, but we still need our residents to just follow the rules because they can slow down the spread of this virus and well
1: in terms of in terms of getting the message out have you seen and and also too you know you you're dealing with a lot of people you're talking with a lot of people a lot of the functions from the you know of the of the village itself and, and in the county there what are you hearing from from residents are they Are they really concerned about this, or do they think this is more like a New York City problem? What kind of attitudes are you coming across?
5: Well, you know we have quite a few of our residents that that they are taking this serious but we don't have enough of our residents taking it serious. Uh, I I rode around just the other day, and again, there's certain areas in the village Hempstead that we see people just gathering and congregating in the street. And my message to them is, listen, uh, although you may be asymptomatic, you don't feel any uh, symptoms, no fever, if you don't do it for yourself, do it for your parents, do it for your grandparents, do it for people uh, that this a virus can really be devastating. And so that's the message we're trying to give to our residents. Please, let's keep social distancing. Uh, If you're outside, of course, don't put your hands in your face. And just follow the rules. When you get in the house, wash your hands with soap and water for 20 seconds if we follow these we can slow down the spread and that's the message we're trying to get out to our residents
1: and then in terms in terms of the stores you know are a lot of the stores still open or are you guys you know are most people following this this statewide you know emergency and essential services only
5: well we we have allowed our stores to remain open, but only for curbside service. Uh, People can still go to the deli and uh, get a sandwich, uh, but they're not allowing people to go inside the store because of course, uh, even our local bodegas, you know, they do serve breakfast and people still have to eat. So we're, we're making sure that they keep the social distance at the same time our businesses are able to continue to operate without having people inside.
1: And then if you see large groups of of, of people hanging around together, you know, or just people, especially if, the, you know, we haven't had a long streak of warm weather, but you know what's going to happen when it gets really warm. People are just going to find it difficult to resist the urge to go outside. Do you... Um, Do you plan any type of enforcement? Like New York City, they're, they're doing fines of $250 to $500. They're threatening that if people don't, uh, stop congregating. Any, anything like that going on in Hempstead?
5: Well, we're, we're you know going to look at that option. Uh, if if we still have people that's congregating, uh, then we will start issuing summonses uh, to these residents. Um, but at the same time, our police department is inundated with calls for people with high fevers and people that sick. And so we're praying that our residents would just listen. So, again, that we don't overtax our police officers because now we have to have officers enforcing that when they can be helping our residents.
1: Exactly. And being there for them. Waylon, thank you so much for being with us. We really appreciate it.
5: Thank you for having us.
1: And getting the message out. Waylon Hobbs Jr., Village of Hempstead trustee um, on Long Island, talking about what, what they're going through. Every community is, is is dealing with this in so many different ways. This is Street Soldiers, our continuing coverage of the coronavirus pandemic. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, at Lisa Evers. Dr. Manny is with us, and I promised everybody we'd be we'd give more time for more phone calls, uh, and we will be doing that. I'm going to get to your telephone calls at one 800 223 97 That's 1-800-223-9797. Tony, Daryl, everybody hang on the lines. We'll get to your calls right when we come back. Thank you.
0: This is Hot 97 Street Soldiers, hosted by Lisa Evers. Welcome back to Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers.
1: This is our special continuing coverage here at Hot 97 in New York City, right in the epicenter of the coronavirus pandemic. On this pandemic, what we can do to survive it, what are some of the latest things that are are happening. I'm joined in studio again by Dr. Emmanuel Manny Fambu. He's a medical doctor with an MD and an MBA, and he's the best-selling author of the book The Future of Health care and other publications. He's also uh, advising some of the people that are on the, the front lines in terms of a policy perspective with what's going on here in the, in the pandemic. And, and Dr. Manny, in terms of the advice, anything new with the essential workers? Because I have to say yesterday when we finished the show, when I was going out, you know, did a couple errands on the way home, essential errands, and once, you know, went back home, I saw a lot of people pretty much, I would say the vast majority were wearing masks.
2: Correct. So, um, people are using your own personal money to buy, you know, you know, face masks and buy gloves and, and all that, right? People are looking for anywhere you could try to possibly find this. Um, just recently, even looking at online, if you try to buy, you know, like a face mask or gloves from Amazon, Amazon actually puts in like a warning to let you know, hey, these are reserved, you know, for healthcare workers. So right. so, so, I think the community is all coming together to make this happen. But I, um, I and I think um, the governor and the
1: mayors, everyone is trying hard to make sure we have um all the healthcare workers have exactly what they need and so in terms in terms of the essential workers uh, to review in terms of the essential workers we have our our taxi drivers we have our our store clerks our liquor store clerks our grocery store clerks our bus drivers uh people you know people that are, are you know that are out there on the front lines our home attendants people that are going into the homes helping people with all sorts of things because they're partially disabled or fully disabled that are really that are really there in close contact What protocol can you just review for us again the protocol that they should be taking in those kind of jobs? And I would say at this point, if even if your employer is not providing you with gloves and masks, you should really try to do everything you possibly can to get them on your own.
2: Except now it's impossible to find any glove exactly. or mask, right? Well, I mean, that's even true back in too. January and February, you couldn't find any glove or mask right, <laughs> right yes, in the entire city. True. So, so now you tell people to wear masks, but it's impossible, right? I see right. people just uh, taking whatever they can and just like put it on your face, right? Um, but that's that's the situation that we're in today. And so while we look at uh, you know help frontline workers, and, and mind you, we can't give higher preference to any side of uh, anyone going out here to help us survive as a society. Right now is very relevant and very helpful, and we thank you for that. Everybody, correct. Exactly everybody's, but with that being said, do we believe that grocery store workers are actually as protected as maybe frontline workers in a hospital? No completely not. <laughs> right? They're also right. exposed. So I think every essential worker, especially those in the front lines, like a nurse and doctor, should be protected from this. And so the, one of the things you do is one, you want to make sure you wash your hands. Uh, you know constantly right uh, use these sanitizers you know to make sure your hands stay. and clean. I heard
1: the sanitizer thing is, is like a lot of people, we just put it right on our palms, let it dry off and let it dry off, and <laughs> that's not the way to do it.
2: Correct. So you, 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 want to put it in and make sure you rub it in, right? You want to rub, uh, like aggressively rub it in for, you know, for, for a few seconds, right? You don't have to spend 10 minutes doing it, right? But make, but just make sure you, you thoroughly dig in, um, just like you put have soap and you're washing your hands. For your whole hand. Correct. For your whole hand. You want to do that? Um, th- that's one. And then two, that, uh, apart from that, uh, make sure, you know, no handshakes, right? <laughs> you want to do uh, Elbow bumps. Elbow bumps. Like we we'll do here? Uh, no, correct. We we'll do elbow bumps here, right? So you want to do that. And then, uh, you also have to remember to keep that distance uh, as much as possible. It's not possible in every case to do that, right? But you want to make sure um, to stay from people um, for the reason why. Not because uh, you hate being around people, but because, you know, we know that the uh, uh, virus is airborne and, right, if someone coughs or someone sneezes, it could travel in the air. I and stay three, in
1: the air, you told us. And
2: stay in the air, yes, for up to three to four hours. Correct. So we have to be concerned on that. And then after that, it drops on, on surfaces, right? People touch surfaces. So having a glove is not necessary from shaking hands, right? But what if you put your hands on the surface? And some people have gloves on, but if you have a glove on and you touch the surface and put it back on your face, it makes no difference if you had a glove on or not. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Correct. So the whole idea is keep your hands away from, like, you going to your mouth, your nose, or your eyes, which is very difficult to do. And uh, so those are some of the key things that we should uh, be aware of.
1: All right, we got a lot of telephone calls. Uh, let's go right now to... Uh, Daryl, Daryl, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Hello. Hi, Daryl, good morning. You're on Hot 97. Go right ahead.
6: Good morning. Uh, I just wanted to call in to speak about uh, people in relationships and being stuck, you know, quarantining in
7: the house and stuff like that, you know, with your loved ones. And, you know, it's a, it's a rough time for people who basically who have mental health problems and they can't go out to reach the proper channels they need to get the support. And this is like I've it's, seen it's, me and two of my friends go through this issue, and it's just like a really troubling time right
1: now. No, it, Daryl, it is a, it is a really troubling time, and this uh, for next for next weekend, we're going to have more on on the mental health and what what services are available for that. Because it, especially when you're confined inside, too, like if you're which we are, we're, we're stuck inside our apartments and our homes. And then no matter how many shows you watch or how many times you clean the house or whatever you're doing, you know, or, or teaching your kids or, you know, doing your work, working from home or whatever, it's still being in that one space all the time. It, your mind can start to play tricks on you, it can start to just really distort things and distort reality and exaggerate it. But we'll find out uh, what what kind of, mental, you know, mental health resources are available for that? What kinds of things are you going through?
7: Um, I'm just it's, it's a lot of displaciveness, like like you were saying, people just replacing what they want with the facts, you know, opposed to being what is the fact.
1: No, exactly. You know? Well, that that's why we're do that's why we're doing the show, and thank you very much for calling in. Let's go to Dennis right now. Uh Dennis, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead.
8: Hi, sir. <coughs> I just wanted to make a comment that the Nothing helps more than your very specific details and statistics, they are extremely helpful to be able to grasp the magnitude of what's happening.
9: Oh, well,
1: Dennis, thank you very much. I appreciate that. We're trying Absolutely, to, we're thank trying you. To, oh, thank you. And, and thank you for calling to say that, that's so sweet. I appreciate that, thank you. All right, let's go to uh, Nicholas right now. Nicholas, are you're on Hot 97, go right ahead.
10: Uh, how you doing? My name is Nick and I'm an essential worker uh, I work uh the parks in New Jersey. Okay. And unfortunately people are still out here and they're going about their business and not really listening to the rules. It's unfortunate to see because me personally I'm working seven days a week uh filling water tanks and stuff like that in the parks and it shouldn't really be done because people shouldn't be in the parks and I'm out here risking my health. I don't get hazard pay. I'm on my base hourly pay. And it's just unfortunate to see people not listening to the rules in New Jersey, and I feel like the governor should take better steps to close the park and make people to follow the rules, because essential workers, I don't think they're getting recognition that... They shit
1: out here this no Nick and that and that's def, that's definitely the case and I think part of it also is they just don't have the people to enforce all this right now I mean it, you know I'm sure every police department in the tri-state area you know in our in New York New Jersey Connecticut they're overwhelmed with these calls they have many of their own members who are who are sick or who are out and they're they're dealing with a lot of health crises too and to to be able to police it is is really tough but are you able to protect yourself yeah, um,
10: unfortunately, I've been able to find masks and gloves on my own. My company is kind of struggling to find more. Uh, they do what they can. I'm not going to lie. My company does try to take care of it. But uh, on the front lines, it's more dog-eat-dog. Like, if you can find a mask, buy it. But if not, my company's struggling to buy them online. My boss says if if I can find some in stores, they'll try to buy them. But any stores you go to, you can't buy bulk. So a lot of the guys out here are wearing the same mask for weeks on end. And I feel like that's just counterintuitive of what you should be doing.
1: Let let me ask Dr. Manny about the mask. Nick, Nick, stay strong, stay healthy, and thank you for what you're doing. And uh, let's ask Dr. Manny about these masks. That's the other issue, too. People think it's like you get one mask and then, boom, that's it. It's my favorite pair of shoes. I can wear them or sneakers. I can wear them every day. Uh, Do you have to wash it? What should you be doing?
2: Of course, because that mask could actually get you sick. Right? If you imagine, remember, a mask is just like another surface, right? The the mask is not like uh, some kind of medication that kills viruses that comes to it, right? It's a barrier. So you think about it as if you have, have on underwear or you have on clothes in general, right? Would you want to change them? Of course you want to change them. Or wash them. So it's, now it depends on the fabric that is used to make it, right? Uh, if you have something made out of paper, of course you can wash it, right? But it's better than nothing. But you should remember that even if you, you know, you put it on a surface, that mask can, can get uh, contaminated and get infected, and then you might go touch it and then put it back on your face and so actually put you in a worse situation. So it is important that that we have access to um to this pr- uh, protective equipment.
1: So let me let me ask you this, uh, and shout out to to um, at Lola's mommy who sent me a video of how to make a mask out of bandana and rubber bands of how you fold it and then how you put the rubber bands in so that you can put it around your ears which obviously a piece of cloth is a lot easier to wash is that is that helpful if since people can't get these regular surgical masks now and Yes, I mean, the recommendation from the
2: president is, uh, even if you have a scarf, you can put it, put it across your face. It's not as effective as an N95 mask, but it's better than nothing, <laughs> right? So we're at a point where we, should, we are doing whatever it is to help protect ourselves. And this goes beyond what the caller talked about, about going to the store and trying to find things. And, and it's a dog-eat-dog dog world. The same thing is have happening on the state and federal level, right? We had discussions about states actually fighting to buy the same mask.
1: Right, and that, and that's what uh, the governor was saying, too. It's basically like a like an eBay type of situation for, you know, ventilators, masks, all this medical equipment. Right. even on the government level, right? right? And
2: so this happened on every single level, which would be much easier if we just say, listen, let's just get a bunch of masks and just give it to other people. Why should a frontline worker be spending their own cash and they're not being paid extra to do this, by the way? Exactly. Right? There's no extra pay or there's no hazard pay for this. Exactly. So there's, they're working... Longer hours, getting the same pay. Um, this is a time where you know someone leaves, f- leaves food. You want to give them extra tip to thank you for being right. out there. That's right? what I've been doing. Yeah, right. Correct to help support um, all these essential like, workers are you, out there. Thank you, thank you so so much. Correct, the grocery store workers, all these people are coming out every single day, risking their lives for us.
1: Right. The guy at Health and Harmony, a big shout out to them. He, every everything he was running up on the cash register is a thank you, thank you, thank you. Correct. Like, you have everything. The store was fully stocked, which was so ex- it's so exciting now when you see shelves that have stuff have you know things on them what you're looking for. But anyway, let's try to take one more call real quick. Um, Tony, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead.
11: Hello, uh, hello Lisa. Yeah, Tony, how you doing? Yes, hi. Um, I have two questions. The first question is, when the ventilators are coming to Suffolk County, New York, Long Island. And my second question is, um, uh, it was more prior to the, the other guy from Jersey. He was talking about he works in the park. Okay. Um, yeah, the state parks out here in Long Island, they are like super packed. Nobody's wearing masks. I see maybe like maybe 2% of people in the park wearing masks. Everybody's not doing social distancing. It's, I understand like it's nowhere to go. You know, a lot of these small, um, businesses are like, you know, they open, but you can't go there to sit down and eat and nothing like that. But, Describing what he was saying is like how like everybody's going to the park to like walk and everything. Believe me, it's it's they're super packed and like no one's doing the social. It's going to get really worse out here in Suffolk County, New York. Well, let me find because
1: out. I, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry.
11: No, I'm just saying, just because the, the way it's, it's going, it's it's possibilities going to really get even worse. Like no, been there've saying, been
1: major, there've been major, major grocery stores. In, um, major grocery stores on Long, Long, Long Island already. Trader Trader Joe's had to shut down because of, uh, people, workers that tested positive for COVID-19. They did deep cleanings and then they reopened, uh, some of the stores. Some of the other chain stores have had numerous workers. They've had, had to shut down. The hospitals are already, uh, you know, just starting to get really, really rammed out. But in terms of the ventilators, it's the ventil, the, the ventilators, they're basically, the front line is really New York City right
2: now. now it, it is. And to add to that, uh, the, the part situation, when that question is being asked about, this, this next week is going to be our peak, right? We talked about this at the beginning right. of the show, and that's based on the idea of everyone following the rules based on what we know today, right? When we hear things like this happening, you know, in Long Island, right? Or I'm sure in the city as well, you might probably find some totally. places, People
1: correct. were the, <laughs> the farmer's market, people on the street that they shut the street down for. I, I drove past, I was, I was going like, are you kidding me?
2: Okay, people go to the farmers market, people are playing basketball still with each right. other, right? In, right? in specific neighborhoods. People don't care about this. That's exactly the reason why this will not stop in a time frame that we, we expect it to stop. So if you ask, when are we going to get back to normal? Yes. We don't know because of things like this, right? Because we can't control for this because everyone so is So we can't to really home.
1: say. So you guys can't really say right now. No, correct. All the medical experts.
2: Correct, right. because you, you're assuming that everyone is home and so and, and everyone that's infected you already know. And so when you have people not following the rules, then it's very hard to actually um, estimate any single thing. With the ventilators, um, for, for that question of ventilators, uh, we know um, that this, the city's under high pressure right now. <laughs> (laughs) Right, Uh, we don't have enough in in the city, Uh, but the governor has talked about if if it's necessary to you know to take um, ventilators from some other hospitals in upstate, right, to to make sure they're available in the city. So um, for now, uh, where it goes within the city, I think uh, that's uh, left for the medical um, ops people to figure out what to do with that. But rest assured that uh, they're doing the best they can.
1: Right, and and Governor Cuomo has said that the ventilators that come to New York City, they will once we're done with them, I guess they have to go through deep cleaning or, or whatever sterilization process right. right correct and then they'll be available to other places in the country so uh, that's how it's hopefully going to go down and hopefully we'll we'll get through this fast with less deaths than they're they're predicting this is Lisa Evers uh, Street Soldiers our special coronavirus pandemic episode live coverage taking your phone calls at 1-800-223- 9797 everybody that's on hold I know some of you've been hanging out for a very long time we're going to come right back with more with Dr. Manny and take your calls right Right
0: after this. This is Hot 97 Street Soldiers, hosted by Lisa Evers.
1: Welcome back to Street Soldiers, everybody. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. This is our Hot 97 continuing coverage of the coronavirus pandemic. Joining me in studio is Dr. Manny Fambu. He's a medical doctor with an MBA. He's also the best-selling author of the book, The Future of Healthcare. And he's also advising some of the people who are making policy here about how we're dealing with and treating this coronavirus epidemic. And we're taking your telephone calls at 1-800-223-9797. That's 1-800-223-9797. And Dr. Manny, a lot of people that want to uh, to get in on this right now. So let's go to Britt. Britt, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead.
9: Hello, uh, my name is Brittany. I'm a registered nurse working in a designated COVID unit. I just wanted to point out that, you know, people are saying you need to think about your grandparents. You need to think about your parents. You need to think about your nieces, your nephews, your cousins, because this virus affects all ages. I have somebody who's a teenager fighting for their life right now. So we need to think about everybody, not just the older people, because it affects everybody.
1: And Brittany, first of all, thank you so much for what you're doing and the work that you're doing trying to save lives. How are you doing and what are the nurses? Tell us what the nurses are going through right now.
9: Honestly, it's, it's rough. It is like a war zone. Um, I actually just got off work. I work overnight. Um, getting a little emotional talking about it. That's okay. You take, know, your, it's,
1: take, take your time. People need to understand how real this is.
9: Um, yeah, mentally, it, it's taking a toll. Um, you know, thank God right now I do have enough to protect myself, but I had to go out and purchase that on my own because it's so limited at my facility. Um, and it doesn't look like it's going to get any better at this point. It's going to get worse, and people need to really realize and stay inside and keep themselves safe.
1: And what has been the toughest part of what you're doing right now?
9: Uh, the toughest part is watching people die alone, because people don't realize that when you're in the hospital right now, you don't. nobody can come and see you. You can't have... You know, if your grandfather's dying, you can't be at the bedside. If your sister's dying, you can't be there. I had a patient die, and their family was out the door. They couldn't come in and be with them. And there's no funeral. There's, no, there's nothing afterwards. Like, these people are just being put in body bags and shipped out, and they're alone. And I think that's the hardest part for me is just watching these patients, and it's not even like... I can be in there and hold somebody's hand because I have, you know, not other patients to attend to as well. So it's like I, I feel guilty sometimes that I can't be there and they're gone and they have nobody. And it's just like I have to suck it up. And it sounds sad to say and kind of rough to say, but it's like I have to worry about now the next person and try to hope and fight for them and not let them get to that point.
1: Oh, my God. Brittany, that and then uh, to, for, people need to realize too is like like you can't see your loved one when they're in that situation, and you're and you guys are you're you're the last you're the last person that some of these patients are seeing. Yeah,
2: and it is That's really scary. No visitation whatsoever. And this is part of the the, the mental health element of this, right? Um, you know, as a nurse or as a frontline worker, you're not trained already to go to work and see dead people every single day. Right? right. And and so you are seeing mass casualties and people are going back home to their families, realizing that the other people that they're trying they're working hard extra as best as they can to save this lives, but they can't. And so when we say please stay at home and let's help control this virus, it is real. Right? I mean you, you could you literally could hear as a uh, uh, Britney uh, saying Br- Brittany's saying right? I mean she's literally in tears. So this is not this is not acting. This is this is real this is real life. She just came out of work. She's been up all night working in this particular case, nonstop. Right? non has
1: right. been non-stop, right? It's non-stop. Like you like you're like you barely have a chance to even grab a little something to eat or go to the bathroom or just it's like go go go, right? I did not eat all night. My
9: bladder is very strong
1: because I didn't use the bathroom at all. <laughs> oh my God. Well, I'm thank I'm Thank you, Brittany. I, Thanks Brittany. for everything
2: that you're doing. And Brittany, we're going to oh. go ahead. No, please not say so thank you, Brittany. And, uh, you, you know, I have the utmost respect for every single nurse um, out there. Um, you're the,
1: the son of a nurse.
2: I'm a son of a nurse. I'm the daughter of a nurse. Okay. <laughs> Correct, right? And and I was trained by nurses. so, so, so <laughs> Right. So I, I really, really, really do appreciate uh, everything you do. And, um, I mean, this is the best we, uh, we can do. And I think you're doing the best. You could possibly handle. Just stay strong, please.
1: Okay, Brittany, I'm going to ask you to hang on. We're going to put you on hold for a minute, and i is going to talk with you off, off, uh, off the air. Okay. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you so very much, Doctor Manny. The nurse. I mean, everybody's role in this this whole healthcare system is um, everybody's role is very important. But the nurses have more hands on with the patients, like nonstop.
2: Correct. In Brittany's case, um, to put it in perspective, so if you are in the front lines, you're a grocery store worker, an Uber driver. Then you're playing Russian roulette, right? So you don't know who has the disease. It's possible or it's not, right? She's
1: in the COVID unit.
2: Yeah, it's a hundred percent guaranteed that that person has it, right? And so these symptoms, we're talking about advanced symptoms. This is someone that's taking a test. This is someone with advanced disease, right? This is someone that's probably needs to be on a ventilator. So you necessarily have to, you need to have physical contact with this particular patient. You need to intubate them. You know they're coughing. Were right? you surprised
1: that she said she had a 15 year old patient?
2: Oh, no, I'm not surprised. Uh, there are many cases of young people being infected today, right? Um, but when we started off, we said uh, those that were at higher risk were the elderly, but we know it affects every single person. There are younger people that also have comorbid conditions. Right? Young people have asthma. Young people have uh, cardiovascular disease, so they're also at high risk. So I think it's very important
1: for, for us to realize that everyone needs to stay home. All right, let's go to uh, Monique right now. Monique, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. <coughs> Excuse
12: me. Good morning, everyone. Um, I want to say much love and respect to all the frontline workers the nurses, the doctors. Um, Right now I'm a little emotional because I was just listening to Brittany. I work for a mental health agency. I'm a direct support professional. We have to be in direct contact with um, people who have mental disabilities. Some of them are nonverbal and pretty much my last day of work was Friday because someone was diagnosed in my house and there was no staff there was no staff to relieve me everyone is walking out and everyone is scared and it's like they're asking you to come to work um unless you have a fever you should be reporting to work that's not fair you know what i mean like we we don't have the proper mask and and the gloves that we have they're running out it's like just it's it's a scary scary feeling and now these guys some of them are home they're counting on us to come into their homes to take care of them, and they're like alone right now. This is this is like really like a a health crisis where people who depend on us can't even get the help because we are not protected. So, so uh, I, I just yeah
1: no go ahead no so so you Monique so you work with one of the what you work with the, the mentally disabled?
12: Yes, I'm a, I'm a direct support professional, and we pretty much work directly with you know, um, people who have mental disabilities or, uh, mobility issues. And a lot of our, our guys that we support, they're elderly. And someone that I know was diagnosed recently and he's nonverbal. He didn't have a fever the whole time. We weren't monitoring his fever, but yet the agency is telling us that we should be coming into work if we're not showing symptoms, you know, it's like, Is really mentally messing with me because I want to be there. Were you tested? tested? No, I wasn't tested. And I want to say back in December, I had all of these symptoms. I, I hear a lot of people are saying this, you know, I don't want to get off too far off topic, but I've had these same exact symptoms in December of last year. I went to get swabbed. They said I didn't have the flu, but then they gave me flu medication. So, I I could be someone that, you know, I don't know, asymptomatic or whatever, you know, (laughs) I don't know. But it's just I have a young child at home. You know, I have elderly people in my family that, again, if I come into work because I don't have a fever and I'm exposed, it's not fair. It's not fair to everyone. You know, it's just a rough time that I'm trying to keep my, my wits. Correct. Just, I, I, I mean, yeah. even the
2: recommendations for like for someone like you, for example, right? If you've been exposed to someone and you're a healthcare worker that has the virus you should be tested, right? Right, but they just don't have enough tests. That's the, We keep coming back to that that's issue. Correct, but that's a big challenge uh, piece because if you're not testing people, right, and people are going back in the same environments, then you're getting other people sick. You put them at higher risk, right. and the numbers will just keep growing, right? So it's possible that many people I've spoken to uh, that will mention, like, oh, I had the symptoms probably December and January. We, asked, we know that the virus has been around since December, right? So we know that. So it's possible people were sick. The first diagnosis in the United States
1: was in January it doesn't mean no one had it in December right right but we don't again it's 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 always the same issue they don't know what all the medical people all, all your medical your medical people but it's like the medical profession doesn't know the full scope of what they're dealing with because and can't it's hard to I guess come up with whatever our common commonalities because there's not enough tests to go around Correct. And it takes so long.
2: It, correct. And that's the scary part of this, right? And, and, and so the reason I'm bringing this up is because the main question people ask is when, when do we get back to normal, right? And right. so if we are in the same position where we have healthcare workers, uh, that are going to see patients that are vulnerable and we know that this patient, someone tested positive and you still have people going to them and for them to wait till they get fever to get tested. It's counterproductive where we're we going, right? So that's the need. Well, exactly. we need rapid testing. We need tests right, right away in the market. And hopefully very soon with the antibody testing, uh, you'll be able, for example, to, to find out if in December you were actually infected or not, right? There are many people that will find out I probably had an infection in my, and I fought it with unknown, <laughs> right? And so now can we, ha- I mean, can we use your plasma, for
1: example, to help other people? That's what research is being done today. Exactly. Monique, th- hang in there and uh, thank you very much for calling. Ne- next weekend, we're going to have a, a psychologist on the show talking talk about some of some of these issues as well. But but thank you very much for, for being with us. We appreciate it.
12: Thank you so much guys. Keep, okay, keep hang in there. The keep work. up
1: and you keep up the great keep up the great work too, all right? Uh let's go to uh Rodney right now. Rodney, hi, you're on hot ninety seven. Go right ahead.
6: Hi, uh, hi Lisa. How are you? Can you uh, Rodney okay. turn the ra-
1: turn the radio down in the background please? Yeah
6: sure. Well uh, uh, I'm
11: uh, uh okay. I have two questions for you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Welcome uh President Trump don't have a mask on when he talks. I seen him on TV, and uh, I, where could I get a mask? Because I can't afford a mask. Because I'm disabled, and um, I can't I can't afford a mask. But I, I, I try, try to cover my face as much as possible.
1: Well, Doctor Manny says that's very good. If you, even if you cover your face with with a a scarf. Correct. Any kind of cloth, and,
2: uh, I mean, that's, that's the best we, we could do now. If you can afford a mask, uh, anything is better than nothing, right? Um, but ideally, you should, you should, uh, be able to get a mask, uh, which is difficult. So I, I, I think, uh, you should look up some resources available, you know, for people that can afford masks. Uh, I many organizations out there, you know, people are making masks at home and collecting masks. Someone in your situation being disabled, I think, uh, you, uh, you know, we we'll definitely try to see how we could get you a mask or something, right, to look up.
1: Okay, we're going to try to, uh, I'm going to post on my Facebook. Correct. The Lisa Evers official Facebook this afternoon. I'm going to talk to Lola's mom, at Lola's mom. Shout out to her on Instagram and see uh, if we can repost that Facebook video Uh, of how to make a mask out of a bandana, which you could do out of a scarf. is very easy. I think the bandana is easier because it's cotton and you can just easily wash it at night, hang it up over the... You know, towel rack, and and you're good to go the next day.
2: Correct, I, and in the meantime, um, you, you know, if you don't need, if you don't have a lot of traffic coming in and out of your home, that it'd be probably great to just to stay home. I know it's, it's hard. I mean, if, I don't know if you have to go out and get groceries, which is difficult as well. Right, uh, right. But totally. having support, I've seen uh, cases where every neighborhoods where people, healthy people actually volunteer uh, to help people that are disabled or elderly. Right, to have the no. There's a lot of that and,
1: going on too, and 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 I, 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 I want to say that about our communities too. Is you know, a, a lot of our communities we know you know we know who our neighbors are we know who who the elderly are we know the people that have home attendants coming into them or whatever and there's all you know there, there's people there's neighbors helping neighbors in a lot of ways too and a lot of a lot of the uh, more physically able people are helping the the ones that usually need assistance to go to the grocery store and that kind of thing is a beautiful thing it's like new yorkers coming together but listen we got to really come together this week we got to really stay home really cover up and uh just really really pray for everybody especially you're hearing these frontline workers uh, talking about what they're going through and the, just the stress is unimaginable. In addition to the, the physical exhaustion, you know, you're dealing with, with that mental stress. Imagine being there watching somebody die without having a loved one there with them. And you can't even touch them or hug them because they're, you know, they, they have this highly contagious disease. And, you know, we've heard stories already of people saying their final goodbye via a FaceTime video with the nurse or the doctor holding that phone so that the person could say goodbye. I mean, that's just, Absolutely, one hundred percent tragic. So, uh, but but again, our, our our thoughts and prayers and support to everybody that's trying to help us win this. Let's go to Lisa right now. Lisa, hi, you're on Hot ninety seven. Go right ahead. Hello. Hey, Lisa, you're on the air. Go right ahead.
13: Hi, um, I just want to comment and say, you know, and say thank you to all the nurses, They're the real heroes, doctors. You know, they do what they do, but. Um, the women and the men in the nursing facilities, they're the ones who carry out all the orders and are there in the true line of fire. You know, the doctors take one look and then that's it. It's from the nursing shop. After that, my mom, she tested positive and I, I said goodbye to her a couple of days ago. Thank God, you know, she never wound up going to the hospital, but I woke up to a phone call. Of her saying about and getting emotional because she calls me and she gives me all her pen numbers to her card. She gives me her life insurance information. She tells me I'm in charge of everything to take care of my siblings. We all grown. But to get that kind of phone call in the morning because you know once somebody's going to the hospital, you're never going to see them again. So for the people that are out there in the street and they having fun and they still one parties, just think about it. When you decide to go out there just to get that drink or that hit of that blunt, which is doing this thing, everybody that means something to everybody else. If you only care about yourself and that drug and that party and that one good time, you're selfish. And you know what? Keep that energy somewhere else because there's real people there that want to do change and want to be part of that change and as far as that, that is being selfish talking about when is this is going to be over it's not fair what's being done to us think about the poor people that can't afford to buy a mask like the young the man that was saying it's a lot of things that people are not really seeing that's not televised or publicized and you're worried about when you're going to get back to work when you're going to be able to go outside the summer's coming what we need to worry about is when there's going to be a cure or vaccines to help then After we find that, then we'll know when things are going to get to normal. Unless there's a cure or a a science as to why it's happening, nothing's going to ever be normal. Let's focus on allowing them to find that cure, to find something. And then we can talk about when stuff is going to be to normal. We're never going to be back to normal because had we been studying and and practicing universal precaution. You know how many people get on the train and they touch the rails for years since I've been small. I'm almost 40 years old. And nobody ever would, hardly people will wash their hands when they get off the train or sanitize. It comes from us. Us as a human being, we don't think. We're too vain. But that's all I wanna say, just thank you to everybody. You guys on the radio, Doctors, nurses, New York City housing workers, um, and also postal people, they still delivering packages every day, taking the biggest risk, because a lot of the stuff is contaminated. Do you know all over Brooklyn, these postal workers are falling like flies? They need the real thing, too, because they're delivering these packages that we need. And they're delivering a lot of medicine
1: a lot of medication by mail too. Yes,
13: a lot of medication, a lot of masks, a lot of whatever they get whatever they need to do, they're doing their job. And my sister in law, she's a postal worker also, and she's a supervisor and she didn't get out of there last night to after ten o'clock putting packages together for this morning so the 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 postal workers gonna left, um, you know, for the morning to do the deliveries, have everything so that everything could be delivered on time. You know, and she has children, small children, and she's at risk every day to
1: carry something old from a package. And you know, what, we, I want to, th- I want to shout out the the the, uh, the the post the the postal service, the United States Postal Service workers, the the UPS, the FedEx. They're delivering all these packages. Yep. Many of them contain medicine. But um, Lisa, uh, we have to take a we have to take a short break. But I, I want to express my condolences, my personal condolences to now, you and good luck to your to mother. Right? She's still. Thank you she's so still much. fighting. Yeah, correct. Oh, is your th- mother still fighting? Okay.
13: She's Still fighting. She oh, thank God.
1: Okay. Run. All right. I, I misunder I misunderstood. I got I got in my feelings right there, and I totally correct, Lisa. And to oh.
2: I, yeah, I, I think it's very important for us to also be strong here, right? For one yes. second, right? I, I don't think the mindset we should have is if you go to the hospital, that means you're not coming back.
1: Ten thousand people have Co- been discharged
13: correct. successfully. Correct.
2: So if if you, if you look at the yeah. most cases, and I when
13: give, you have. When you have- Lisa, Lisa, hang out. Hang
1: on one second. We just need to do a quick break. Hang on, we'll come right back to you. Okay, this is Hot ninety seven. Lisa Evers, Street Soldiers. We'll be right back.
0: WQHD HD One New York. This is a special coronavirus edition of Street Soldiers, hosted by Lisa Evers on Hot ninety seven.
1: All right, we're back. Street Soldiers, Hot ninety seven. Doctor Manny with us here in the studio. Lisa, just wrap up and let's. Uh, we have a lot of phone calls. I'm so glad I, I got I got very emotional there, and and I thought your mother. I'm I'm glad she's still with you and still with us. But real quick, what's yeah. your what's your final message to everybody?
13: My final message is: even if you have it or you think you have it, the best, the key is isolation from everybody. Constantly wash warm liquids, like they're saying. Just practice safety. Everybody should treat themselves like they have it. If you treat yourself like you have it, trust me, you won't get it or you'll
1: survive. And we can shut the we can shut this thing down, Lisa. Thank you very much. Your your, your family and especially your mom's in my prayers. And uh, thank you very much for calling in. We appreciate it. Thank you God, you. God bless you. All right. Thank you. It's it's just multiple people are having this being affected by this in like multiple every aspect of our lives.
2: Lisa is well informed and, uh, and, and she hit on all the key points, right? And the, the, and the key thing here is for us to get back to normal, I think the first mindset is we are never going back to normal, right? This is a new normal for us going forward, right? Being clean, being proactive about, uh, healthcare in general. Everything Lisa said, perfect, spot on. But, I, but to make it in perspective, whenever someone is sick, whether you have cancer or anything, uh, the belief and that encouragement that you have, the will to fight is what makes us strong and actually helps you heal better, right? So I I don't want uh, us, I mean, the listeners, to feel like if someone gets infected, then you go into a dead bed, right? Let's fight together.
1: We are going to fight and we're street soldiers. We're going to fight and we're going to win this war. Dr. Manny. we're going to get to the calls because we've got a lot of people on hold, but real quick question. I heard a term this week. Why don't you explain it to us? Um, They were trying to explain there have been a couple of very prominent very active, very healthy doctors who have passed away from the from the coronavirus, and they use this term "viral overload." So, especially in a place like New York City, when we're around more people, it's very possible we've all been around multiple people with coronavirus and not known it—not just one contact with it. What, what does "viral overload" mean?
2: So, correct. So, whenever you have an infection, whether it's a bacteria, or virus, in general, uh, your body produces your, your, your your white blood cells where your immune cells actually fight this infection okay and then if it gets to a point where the virus the, the number of viruses are higher then actually your immune system is able to fight it you call it viral overload which means the virus takes over it's the same concept in HIV right so if you have a low viral count then you could you, you survive today that's what happens with HIV today people could to live longer because you control the viral load when you go where the viral load gets higher then you have AIDS.
1: You oh, so, kind of so he, okay, so it's the same thing, correct. but if they're exposed to it constantly, as the doctors and nurses are, right there, you know, right there, being in, in touch with these patients, does that make make it more makes it more likely? The more times you're exposed, the more the times... higher risk
2: for of you getting infected. Right. Correct.
1: That's uh, that's what that means.
2: Correct, but but the load, the viral load element is talks about your immune system and the virus itself. Right.
1: Okay. One 9797 two three ninety seven ninety seven. Let's go to uh, let's go to Alicia right now. Alicia, hi. You're on Hot ninety seven. Go right. Ahead.
4: How are you doing? Again, my name is Alicia. I'm actually a um, New York City transit worker. I actually drive the bus in Brooklyn.
1: Oh, Alicia, thank you so much for what you're doing, keeping those buses going so people can get to their essential jobs. Thank you very much for that.
4: <laughs> you're, welcome, you're welcome. Um, yeah, it's It's been like mentally hard because it's like a lot of the people that riding these buses aren't I believe aren't essential workers because now that they're free, you get a lot of people just going from one stop to the next and just, and it gets overcrowded. And now that, you know, a lot of, we, we're only working at about 60% of workers. Cause a lot of us are, are now sick. We already lost about 21, I'm sorry, 21 people to just co- workers alone. I'm sorry. No, no. Take a moment, Alicia.
1: Take you're good. Take it. Take a moment because it's what you're helping us understand, and what you're expressing is very, very important.
4: Yeah, just and it's just like I guess the warmer climate, everybody just comes out, and 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 people just got to understand that this is it's a real pandemic going on. It's it's a war amongst each other because it's like nobody's listening. Nobody's you know, not staying home. It's just it's just a lot. Me, you know, driving this bus every day and just seeing seeing what's going on. Um,
1: Alicia, do they, I let me watch. ask you, uh, go, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead, I'm sorry. So in, in terms of, are you confident in how they're cleaning the buses? Because the MTA tells the reporters that, uh, they tell us reporters that they're doing a lot of cleaning w- with the uh, subways and the buses. Are, are you confident that they're they're doing that kind of cleaning and disinfecting?
4: I'm going to say no. <laughs> it's not. It's not enough because at you know, at points we we make these reliefs. We used to. Well, they stopped making the relieves that we're out in the street and you have to relieve the next driver to get the bus. They stopped doing that because of the clean, cleanliness. but. I'm taking the bus back to the depot to be cleaned, but this is not, it's its not proper cleaning because we, we, it, the, the turnaround is too, it's too much because you have to get the buses back out because now that we're working on a, a particular schedule, which was Sunday, and you're doing it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, the crowd is still getting bigger because the distance between that, you know, if it it's ten minutes, or the next bus comes ten minutes. It's not like that. It, the next bus is like 20, 30 minutes, and you got a crowd of people. So now you have to stay... because right. they, they cut back the service.
1: Because they cut back the service because they didn't right. have the same ridership. Right. So and then now the buses right. that do come are more packed with people. What about I, I, that? Even with cleaning,
2: even if you Correct. clean, right? The cleaning even if you kills. Clean. Was the previously as a, as a bus driver, people are walking in the bus in real time. People are coughing, right? <laughs> and you're there, right? So no cleaning will actually prevent protect you, right? And so the question becomes: Are the drivers getting uh, face masks? Are the drivers getting um,
9: Y- y- like, a shield,
1: like a shield, like like a shield, right by where the old, you know, the right by the where they drive. Do you have any kind of plastic, any any anything like that, Alicia? Going on? We just had we just
4: had the 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 partition that we you know been having, but we just actually got face masks. They did they all providing the face masks, and they actually uh, gave us the the surgical ones. So now they stepped it up and gave us the in. 95 ones because we were initially fighting for it because we didn't they weren't giving us anything at all we didn't have anything no masks, no gloves and everybody was providing that you know amongst each other
14: so correct if you think about it if you think
2: about it today, if, if you are sick in a city and you don't have, Uber is not cheap. Okay, so we say Uber sometimes, but it's like 30 right. 40 bucks People are not working now, right? No, people exactly. That's a lot of money. Right. Correct. So that's a lot of money. So if you have symptoms today at home and you need to go to a testing center, how would you go around in the city? Do so we take a train or you take a bus, right? And you're in a bus with other people. And then you talk, look at transit times now, right? They've cut down routes. And so everyone is being carted together. So it's actually making things worse.
1: No, definitely. All right, Alicia. Well, thank you for what you're doing. We really appreciate it. Thank you. All stay right. Thank safe. you. So stay safe. Okay. Thank you for sharing, sharing what's going on there. Let's go to, uh, uh Walt, Walter, right now, Walter, hi, you're on hot 97. Go right ahead.
8: Good morning.
7: Um, my name is Walter and my question is, is the government doing anything about the gloves, the wipes, um, the masks that are being thrown on the floor, potentially having the virus.
1: Oh, that's a good question, Thank, Walter. Let me ask Dr. Manny about that because that somebody else brought this to my attention too. It's like they're, and especially with you know, people see gloves like they're just taking gloves off and just throwing them on the on the streets. Could those gloves potentially have coronavirus on them?
2: Oh, definitely. I mean, you should not pick up anything that you see on the street, especially gloves, right? Especially exactly. gloves, correct? Right? It's like uh, walking down the street and someone has just socks and underwear and you pick it up and you oh. put it on, right? So it's the same kind of concept. Think about it. So you don't want to pick up someone's gloves and, and, and put it on. And please, people... Dump your gloves in a disposable uh, place, right? Right. And, and so, not in, the in hospital, a proper place. correct? In a proper place. In a in, in the hospital, for example, you don't dump your gloves in a regular trash can, right? So, is it a time where we ask for the city to actually put in some of this uh, biohazard uh, this disposable, right? Or some in of the special,
1: right? They have they have the cans for the, uh, you know, for the different recycling in some of the neighborhoods, but at, at least put a regular trash can out there. C-
2: correct. So people dispose of this right in, right. in, a, in, a, prop, in a proper manner, but that, right. that's
1: actually very important. Definitely. All right, let's go to T right now. T, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Hi, um, my name's T. I'm Well, as of now,
7: what I'm doing, I did it, I'm a social worker, so right now, what I'm doing other than wearing a mask is trying to build my immune system so i do stuff like i'll drink green tea and i'll put ginger in it, and i'll drink the i'll eat the ginger afterwards and i start taking vitamin d and i'll try to exercise so pretty much my question is what are some other things i can do to help build my immune system that way god forbid if i do get this virus i have a way to fight it on my immune system up the part so hopefully it can fight it off all
1: right excellent question thank you very much tea and i hope you stay uh, stay healthy the green tea there have been a lot of scientific studies about the- i'm I'm a green tea fan. There's a lot of scientific coffee first, but green tea, you know, later on in the afternoon. The, um, there have been a lot of scientific studies about green tea, right?
2: Yes. I mean, anything that you, you do to, to boost your immune system now is fantastic. Actually, there is, uh, last night I was um, I'm reading this paper where in Germany you actually have physicians uh, looking at uh, ways in which you could boost your immune system. Some of them are looking at the vaccine for, for, for TB, for example, right? Um, like a modified version that actually helps you boost your immune system to help you fight Right. Um, and the whole idea behind this is is this, Lisa. The idea is right now it's going to take a while for us to get a vaccine into the market. Right. We're talking about 12 to 18 months. That's actually what um, you know, the FDA and the CDC is actually projecting. Right. But in the meantime, we have to do something. What can we do to boost your immune system to put you in a better position to fight the infection? What can we do? Eat your juices, right? Uh, exercise, stay healthy. Not just stay at home and drink liquor, like we talked about yesterday, right? right. The people smoking. I saw this morning actually heading here. I saw people on the side of the road with their masks pulled down and smoking cigarettes. If you had to quit smoking, this is the perfect time to do it, <laughs> right? And because, vape
1: and vaping too, because va- the vaping is take it does a horrible thing to your lungs.
2: Correct. Because now you need your lungs to be as healthy as possible, right? right. So exercising is great. Eating healthy um, is it, great. Uh, whatever you do normally, you know, to boost your immune system, vitamins are great uh, to boost to boost it. But remember everything in. Uh, in high doses. Like moderation, of course, right? Yeah, it's great.
1: Whatever makes, you, whatever makes you feel better. Correct. And same thing. It's like the things we were always told that we didn't listen to some, sometimes growing up is like it's like fruits and vegetables. Less processed food. Not not binging on junk. You know, because the other thing, too, with the alcohol is I, I understand people drinking. You know, liquor, liquor stores are supposedly doing record business right now. The alcohol industry is one of the few industries that's really... Um, really thriving. But it's also when you drink alcohol, then what do you want? You want pizza. You want, you want, you know, high fat snacks. You want fatty food. You want fried this, fried that. You
2: know, so it, it just and, and this it, is I'm not uh, Lisa. I think there's something else that we need to like highlight in this particular moment, right? So before the COVID 19, we know uh, that in our inner communities, right? If you go there, where do you find all oh, the fried chicken spots? Right. Cities, right. Uh, you, you get, uh, uh, you know, I'll, I don't want to call any particular names of any chain restaurant, but it doesn't matter. But we, we, I like unhealthy food as well, right? Fried foods and all this stuff, right? Uh, everyone loves it, right? <laughs> Ice cream and everything else tastes like. better. But but you know what happens is, and we don't care what worry about the air condition. Look at the Bronx, as I mentioned earlier, right, right. if you look at things like diabetes. Three times,
1: you're saying Bronx, three times times the rate of COVID-19 deaths
2: as any other borough in the city. Correct. Even though the highest number of infections are in Manhattan, but the deaths are taking place in those communities. Why? If you look at even New York City and globally, majority of people that died from this had other comorbid conditions, especially diabetes, heart failure, hypertension. Right. And so what What does it say about our society in general? We have to be more proactive about our health care in general going forward beyond the world of COVID-19. And you saw a concept of something called predictive medicine, right? Be able to understand your health and your risk for having disease and doing things that mitigate your risk for disease. So it's beyond COVID-19. If you are healthy as a society and we are well off and we all take care of each other to make sure we actually are healthy in the long run, we'll fight these things and survive.
1: And be and be much better off. Right. Correct. All right, so it's got to be, this, this is undoubtedly going to change the way that we look at health and, and, and all that. Let's go to uh, Stephen, too. Stephen, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. We're taking your calls at 1-800-223-9797. Go right ahead.
15: Hey, I just want to say uh, I love your segment. And just to, to move on, chime Thank in you. on what everyone's been talking about, is that uh, my best friend uh, uh, was a postal worker. And last mo- Monday, he passed away indirectly, I would say. He wasn't sick. He was a germaphobe. He's a mailman. And he said to me while we were talking on the phone that the packages were getting heavy and the stress load. And um, I just don't want to get into it, but indirectly it led to him. I basically my main message is everybody is the audience is if you're someone who is not stressed, maybe you're in good shape. You know I mean, there's someone you know in your life who's vulnerable and vulnerable by means that they can't accept the new normal. And I would just say like, uh, let's, Let's extend the helping hand of love, social distance, but don't isolate. Give them a call. You don't have to go to their house. Just give them a call if you have a grandma that you haven't get in touch with and stick together. Don't let the social distance make everyone uh, close in to their
11: quarantine. You know?
1: you know, you said that so beautifully. That was re- that really that really sums it up, too, Is is just really reaching out to people any way you can.
2: And maybe that yeah, word I "social distance" is scary, right? It's a physical distance, not social distance. But let's right. not disconnect from being
1: humans. Right, physical <laughs> right. distance. We're going to use that physical distancing term on street soldiers. So, Stephen, you think that the whole the whole pressure led to your your workers His friend, That's yeah, friend. And, really friend? And,
15: and I have. And I'm going to tell you, does my mother, my my friend, best friend's mother, um, tripped and fell. Now she was a little bit old and she wasn't sick, but I think that she's a tough woman. She, she this never happened before. I think that she was home alone and she was stressed. So I'm, I'm, I'm just going to say, with one blanket statement, I have a theory that the cure to this is, is love um, and, and that boosts the immune system. So if there's anyone you know in the hood, especially a lot of people talking about, I was worried because uh, my, my girlfriend's in Shanghai. So I knew about this coming a month before anybody. I was telling my girlfriend to stay home when this happened in Shanghai. So it, I, I just know that it, it's Chinese people really stick together. We got to stick together as a community, as American citizens. We can't always just look to the government to do everything for us. We can stick together. There's a, mailman, a lot we
1: can do, exactly.
15: Yeah. If you see a mailman, this is just one last thing I want to say, in dedication to my my brother who passed away. If you see a mailman who's not wearing a mask, you know what I mean, and you have an extra one, you know what I mean, just don't hoard it. Give it to him, okay? And maybe even tip him a twenty dollars because if you if you're one of those people that you need those packages for the medicine and stuff like that. Show that love because that love will go a long way. I'll fight this virus. If we let let the load off of the people around us in our community not be selfish at this time, it's dangerous to be too selfish right now.
1: All right, Stephen, thank you very much for the call and and, and some wonderful thoughts there about, about what we can do about love.
2: That, that's a great initiative right there, actually, because if you, if you went to the stores in January to buy a face mask and they were all gone, right? There are very few people that have other masks, right? And they're not right. sharing. They're just hoarding it. Right. But the whole concept here is for us to actually get back to our new normal or right. whatever normal is, we have it's a community effort. It's not one of those things where you by yourself, you have all your masks and you save because guess what? Someone else you're going to get sick. So someone else might come back and infect you. Exactly. <laughs> Correct, right? We're, we're ba- we really are all in this together. We are in this together, right? And and the more we have more people that have fought this infection and have antibodies against it that can protect it, it's called this herd uh, mentality, this herd uh, immunity kind of thing where one person gets like infected and then as, as, a, as a community, if we've all been exposed and we get better at this and we work at this together, you can't just have all the masks and all the sanitizers at home and all the toilet paper and all the groceries and try to sleep by right. yourself. Let's share.
1: Let's share. All right. all right, we're going to share some more some more uh, knowledge and let's go to uh, Toya right now. Toya, hi, you're on Hot 97 with Lisa Evers and Dr. Manny. Go right ahead.
3: Yes, hi, good morning. Um, I'm a healthcare worker from Connecticut and of course I'm sitting here watching the news with New York and I live pretty close. So you have all these job offers for $100 an hour. But... Dr. Manning, with TB, all these people are placed in pressurized rooms. And in New York City, they're setting up all these, um, in the centers, all these tents and health care situations, which none of them are properly ventilated. So how do they expect people to volunteer to come to your state to help when down south in Louisiana, everything is set up properly where they have ventilated hoodies and suits that goes on the nurses and doctors and they don't have that in New
4: York State. And they keep requesting reproduction of contact precautions, equipment, when we need droplet precaution
1: equipment. All right, let me get a let me get an opinion, uh, Toya. Thank you very much, and thank you for the for the work you're, for the work you're doing. What about what she's saying? Into because we hear this PPE term, this per, you know personal protective equipment. Is is it enough? Like even at the at the best case scenario, is what they're providing enough, or are there more high tech things that that people need?
2: The more high tech things, if you uh, work in a hospital where you know for a fact you have patients with uh, that are infected with. COVID-19, right? Um, and and what the caller was referring to, uh, these pressurized uh, rooms. Interestingly, when I got in the studio this morning, uh, Lisa was showing me a picture. And <laughs> said, what is this? And she showed me, what, what is this, right? And I, I believe that's the
1: hospital in New York City? Yes, it is in New York City Hospital. We will be, be posted on my Instagram later on today. Correct, yes. Yeah,
2: so we check uh, Lisa's Instagram uh, later and you'll see this picture. Um, and, and these she, white, tubes and, and the white tubes coming out of the windows. And these white tubes coming out of the windows and she goes, what is this? And I'll just explain it to her what those tubes did, <laughs> right? We, we Tell everybody. So they're pressurized uh, tubes where basically sucks out air out of the rooms right so that so depression. so if you look at in the ro- hospital rooms they don't actually have windows open <laughs> right and you have viruses in the air we know about this um and so initially we did not think this was airborne right uh, so we we're tb we know it is right so in this case we didn't and so what is happening now is you see a lot of this um these tubings being put into outside hos- the hospital the windows to suck out the air that's basically but, what it does but
1: what about what she's saying she's saying that there, there's also suits that some people wear that have those kind of like yes. a, a whole suit like a hazmat suit.
2: Yeah, correct. Like and a
1: bio, like a biochem warfare type suit. If you
2: look at any other country in the world that is managing this, right? If you look at China, look at Korea, if you look at uh, Germany, right? Uh, Italy, uh, you see how the healthcare workers are dressed is nothing close to what our healthcare workers are dressed. As. No, they're like <laughs> in
1: a whole suit. They're not in these paper tie back gowns like that. Just almost looks like something you'd wear for a quick cook, you know, quick cookout or something.
2: Correct. So I think so. They're I think
1: like head to toe, almost like a biohazard type of. That's so a
2: healthcare workers should be dressed, uh, being in this, right, to, to make sure they are, they are safe and able to work longer instead of making them sick and
1: dying. All right. We're going to take a short break. This is Street Soldiers, our special coronavirus uh, pandemic continuing coverage. Dr. Manny with us in studio, taking your calls and questions at 1-800-223-9797. Everybody hang on the line. We'll be right back.
0: This is Hot 97 Street Soldiers hosted by Lisa Evers.
1: Welcome back to Street Soldiers our Hot 97 continuing coverage of the Hot ninety of the uh, coronavirus pandemic. We're taking your telephone calls at 1-800-223-9797. Very emotional morning, a lot of people calling in just Kind of worn out by the whole thing on the front lines there.
2: I, I think I think we're all breaking, right? All of us, right? I mean, we this is uh, society is completely different today. Just walking around, it, there's, there's no air of excitement. People are losing their jobs. People are you know, losing loved ones. Um, you know, people are, are scared of actually getting um, infected with this. It, 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 it's scary.
1: It, it is scary, but we will get through it. We all. That's why we're doing the show. That's why our, our Hot ninety seven management gave us the opportunity here to do this special uh, two hours live. We're on live Saturdays from ten to twelve noon and Sunday. Monday mornings from seven to nine. Doctor Manny taking your taking your phone calls as well, uh, with his expert medical advice and safety advice uh, for everybody. But there's going to be another side of this. We're going to get through it. This is going to be a very rough week, by all estimations. And so far, the estimates have been pretty accurate in terms of what we're going through, in terms of number of cases, in terms of severity. So we just have we have to mentally be strong as well, mentally strengthen ourselves, and understand this is not going to always be the way that it is all the time. We're going to get through this. Right now, you need to keep yourself healthy, keep your loved ones healthy, and do everything you can to try and minimize contact with other people so that they can get a handle on this.
2: Correct. But on the, on the bright side... Um- I'm not saying every I mean of course every death um is heartbreaking but on the bright side if you look at uh, things in general to put it in perspective okay so in Germany you have about 92,000 cases of of the virus and the death rate is about 1.4% and right. what does that mean that one 1. Point, like one4 1, 1. 1.4% of people that get infected that actually that got infected actually died 1.4% actually So
1: death, so the percentage of deaths is less, less than 2 for every 1000 Correct Is that right Correct well, that's so, a lot so of math it, for me early morning. To, okay. to put it in
2: perspective, right? So, Without my calculator. <laughs> yeah, correct.
1: Yes. <laughs> right. All right. So, so but no, but see, p- people need to keep this in mind because we're hearing these nu- these numbers of cases. This is a very important point you're making. The numbers of cases are we're, we're hearing now are in the tens of thousands, even over a hundred thousand. So we're hearing these high numbers of cases, and you're saying that the death rate is a is under two percent, meaning two in, in, in people Germany. in yeah, Germany. Correct. So in do you Germany, think do you expect it to be similar here? Yeah, so I have the numbers here. So, so okay.
2: in Germany, you had 92,000 people with, with the, that actually have like positive cases. And then you have about 1,295 deaths, which is about 1.4%, right? In Italy, where we hear a lot of things coming out, and we're scared of it. Like what's happening in Italy is pretty right. bad. That's a 12% in Italy. Um, in Spain, France, and, and, and Britain, 10%. Um, in China, it's 4%. In the United States, 2.5%. Okay, so we so, so it's pretty low here. I mean, it's not ideal, yes, right. but, it, but it's much lower than what's happening in Italy, right? So yes, we have a lot of cases in New York City, for example. We have tons of people that tested positive because we also do a lot more testing. Okay, but when people actually go to the hospital, it's not a death situation. Where people so so
1: basically, basically roughly ninety in the United States, roughly because we're still, you know, this is far from over. Uh, we can, it's safe to say more than 90% of the people who test positive for coronavirus will survive it. Correct. That's correct. Correct. All right. So let's keep that in mind because, and and I think that's really important too, because everybody is now becoming obsessed with numbers, with these numbers and these numbers are huge. And, you know, we're we're talking about 12 deaths an hour in New York city, which is a scary, scary number, but let's keep in mind what Dr. Manny say more than 90% of the people Who are positive who have coronavirus will survive okay so let's keep that in mind and the way we can ensure that more people survive is by doing what we need to do in terms of protection and in terms of uh you know in terms of protection in terms of physical distancing and just following the basic rules all right let's get back to the phones 1-800-223-9797 let's go to bobby right now bobby hi you're on hot 97 go right ahead
14: Oh, how's everything going? I love the topic you're talking about. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. The, the thing I don't understand, and especially where the core where this originated from, I don't understand why the animal markets and the factory farms, the slaughterhouses, I don't know why these markets aren't shut down permanently. And I hope that people, because I'm a vegan, and I hope more people consume less animal products, man, because it is it is an absolute disgrace the way these animals are raised and reared. And to okay. me, and, you know, that's just one of the quick thing, because they show live footages and the Chinese still have not closed all these animal wet markets. And they, and now they're extracting bile from black bears. OK,
1: Bob, Bobby, and, let me just we're getting into like a scientific thing. I want to get Dr. May. The, the coronavirus came from animals, right? Uh, we don't know. Or um, we don't know. I mean, we,
2: that's what you we, read. We 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 think it, it came out of uh, the meat market out of Wuhan area from bats, right? So that is um, – that's what we could localize it to, like from that area, right? right. Uh, but it, it, it is um, in medical literature that a lot of, of this kind of cold viruses uh, could transmit from from animals to humans, especially birds. All right, so like some of the like what we call the bird flu, right? Yeah, correct, right? And uh, and I and I think actually I read some articles about like in China, for example, putting a ban on on the killing and eating of certain animals like dogs, cats, or things, right, in particular regions. Um, Yes, so I mean, uh, it's great, um, you know, I'm an animal rights person and support that, um, but uh, we just go what the science says.
1: Yeah, we have to go with what the science says. Okay, thank you very much for the call. Let's go to uh, Joshua right now. Joshua, hi, you're on Hot ninety seven. Go right ahead morning. Hey, good morning. What's your question or comment, Joshua?
16: Well, this is really not a question. I just want to raise concern about us tow truck drivers out here in the uh, front line as well. Tony, you know, all these emergency vehicles, uh, police, ambulance, fire department, and uh, any other vehicle that needs to be towed from a uh, location and stuff. I just want to, you know, shed light that, you know, us tow truck drivers are uh, out here on the front line. We work six days a week. You know, we're out here again on and on, on, daytime, nighttime, you know, and everybody consider essential workers, grocery store people, et cetera. But, you know, us tow truck drivers are out here as well. You know, I just want to shed some light on that. Um, I'm out here toying in the Bronx, which is uh, really difficult and uh, hard. I come across a lot of people that's wearing masks. I don't know if people is infected or not. Um, people do have to ride in my truck when their vehicle is disabled, you know. So I just want to know what safety precautions do I have to take um and stuff like that
1: are you wearing a are you wearing a mask when you're working in gloves well um while i'm driving with nobody in my truck i wear uh, uh the blue
16: mask when i'm outside in contact with other people i wear my blue mask and a kn95 over my blue mask i also wear gloves hand sanitizer uh i spray my truck down disinfected
1: all right good Let, dr manny what else can he do thank you for the thank you for the call and thank you for the work that you're doing josh so great. Yes. Uh, so it, it's, He sounds pretty well pre- equipped. Yeah, I think you're doing a great job um, and, you know, you're educating
2: yourself, making sure you're protected. Uh, so definitely if you have someone in your truck, you definitely want to put on a face mask. And uh, I'd like to give a shout out to all the, the tow truck drivers out there. And uh, yes, I, and I think every single person that's out here, you know, helping us, even those that are on the front lines and those in the in the back end that make sure we all function as a society. That's that's very important. All
1: right. So he's th- there's really pretty much nothing else. Well, can he spray the inside of the cab with the, like the disinfectant spray too? I'm
2: definitely sure he's done that, right? <laughs> <laughs> so All right. It. But that's not... It can't hurt. It can't can hurt. You want to make sure you clean your car. <laughs> I'm trying course.
1: to justify me going down the hallway, the, the staircase. The Lysol? With my, my can of Lysol. <laughs> <like>. <laughs> All 800 uh, let Let's go to uh, Rich right now. Rich, hi. You're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Hey, Rich. Okay, I think we lost Rich there. Did I not hit him right? Okay. Hey, Rich, sorry Hello? about that. Hi. Rich, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead.
7: All right. Tony, All right how are you see, doing, Lisa? All right. How are you I'm, doing? I'm a lift driver, and um, I'm out here front line, and I had, I have a construction company, so I had 250 boxes of K95 um, masks, and that's what I've been giving out to these doctors and nurses, also, I want to let these drivers know because a lot of drivers are. These nurses and doctors are telling me that drivers are declining their call once they get there and see that they're taking them to a hospital. I mean, basically, I want to tell my fellow drivers, strap up, man, and, and mass up let's get these people to their jobs so they can do what they got to do so we can get over this. My mom is a nurse; she's frontline. The story she's been telling me, she's seeing I me. Mean, she's fifty years old, and uh. She's saying that she might have to go into therapy after all of this, and people are dropping like flies in New York. And basically that's what I'm trying to get people, these drivers to know, man, just get these people to work. I'm giving people, I'm donating these boxes. Every doctor and nurse I pick up, I'm giving them 5 to ten boxes of these masks so they can take into to work with them because they're telling me they don't have none. They have to either reuse the same mask all day. And as much as I can help, man, that's what I'm trying to do. But, my drivers out there, let's get these people to work. Do not decline them. I picked up a nurse this morning. She told me, Can we please go pick up her coworkers? Because they they were stranded. waiting for over forty minutes. Hello?
1: Yeah, go ahead, Rich. Yeah, I'm saying they were they were stranded. They were waiting and waiting and waiting. They,
7: they, exactly. They've been waiting for over forty minutes. Can we pick them up? I picked them up free of charge, dropped them, dropped them all off at their job. I mean, as much as we can help out here, that's what we got to do just to get this, get through this all together. Cause I see a lot of people hanging out, and it's it, it horrible out here, man. It's horrible.
1: Rich, and th- thank you. Thank you for what you're doing. And also, really important too is, is thank you so much for your message because there is a lot of fear out there. We all have to do our jobs. We all, every, every industry and every category has people that are like, okay, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that or whatever. But if it's your job and it's essential to keeping this going and helping us win this war, we need to be real street soldiers. We need to just get the boots on, you know, and that's it and deal, and deal, and deal with it. Protect ourselves as best we can and move forward because that's the only way we're going to get to the other side of this. Rich, thank you so much for what you're yeah. doing and uh, for especially given the, that that's the last stress that one of these healthcare workers that's getting four hours sleep, turn around and then go back to work oh, for yeah. another 16 hour shift. My
7: mom getting shift. two hours of sleep and going straight to work.
1: Yeah, and going back again. So. We we'll
2: put ourselves in this situation, right? So imagine if your own mother or, or, or aunt or wherever we got infected, right? right. And they, you need, they needed right. Would you just let them there because you're worried about just protecting yourself? Like I said, this this the, to to get rid of this problem would take a community effort, right? right? We all have to. And protect this is part of the community effort.
1: Rich, Rich, thank you so much for what you're doing. We really appreciate it. All right, thank you. Lisa. I'm, I'm, I'm going to put you on hold and have Anaya get your uh, get your telephone number because I'm sure we're going to get calls from some other drivers asking for uh, advice and, my, and who might want the work. Jack's going to put you on hold. All right, you. cool. All right, hang on. Bye. Anaya's going to get the number. All right, thank you. This is Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers, 1 800 223 9797. That's 1 800 223 9797. Dr. Manny's with us in studio. We're going to get to more of your telephone calls in just a few moments.
0: This is Hot 97 Street Soldiers, hosted by Lisa Evers.
1: Welcome back to Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. Uh, This is a special live two-hour episode of Street Soldiers. We're on live now. Um Every Sunday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Saturday from 10 a.m. to 12 noon, Dr. Manny Fambu, Dr. Manuel Fambu, we call him Dr. Manny, is a medical doctor. He's joining us in studio to give us the science because there's a lot of myths about these, what's going on and incorrect information, giving it to us. Whether we like what he has to say or not. He's also a best-selling author of the book, The Future of Healthcare. And I want to say this. Um, I've been getting calls, and you know, my whole team, Lisa, and our Street Soldiers team here, we've been getting calls and texts and different messages from people who have certain things they want to donate to first responders, they want to donate to essential workers. And what I would ask you to do is please email us Street Soldiers, one word, Street Soldiers at hot97.com. Dot com Street soldiers at hot 97.com. And we will try to connect you with people on the ground. Cause that's how we do it with street soldiers. We're all about direct aid and direct help real time. We will try to connect you with those first responders or those people that can actually use the help and get it to them right away. Like masks for drivers. That's an important thing. And for postal workers and for the, the delivery people, all of these types of things, um, um, as, as well as, of course, for our nurses and our, our hospital and healthcare workers, our home attendants, our people who are working with the disabled, who are very close to them and are just not able to uh, to get the protection they need. So, if you if you want to pitch in in some way, I, we will try to. Put you with somebody that needs what you're trying to offer, whether it's food, whether it's uh, cases of water, whether it's uh, masks, whether it's gloves, any any of that type of thing, cookies, whatever it is, because uh, these people, especially our hospital workers, you you heard Brittany earlier. She just came off the shift. She, she didn't even have time to eat the whole the whole shift. And uh, you know that's 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 how it is, and that's what they're doing. All right, let's uh, let's get to the phones right now, Doctor Manny one 9797 and let's go to uh, Nikki right now. Nikki, hi, you're on Hot ninety seven. Go right ahead. Hi, good morning. Good morning. I myself, like Brittany, am
3: just getting off work. Um, I work on an I one truck for one of the hospitals locally here in the Bronx, and these calls are outrageous. We have no time to eat whatsoever. Um, like the tow truck driver, he was wondering a solution to cleaning his truck as well. When the patients or customers get in and out of his truck, we use the one to 10 bleach solution
1: on our trucks. And what is that? What what is one to 10? That's one part bleach to 10 parts water. Yep. Okay. Yep.
3: And Uh. we wipe it down. We let it air dry and we go on about our, our day because We come encounter with so many people that have this, that really with the hospitals, if they tell you that you're positive for it and they tell you to stay home on quarantine, stay home on quarantine, there's nothing else they can do. The only way that they're going to be able to really help you is if your oxygen saturation level plummets and you basically feel like you can't breathe at all. Other than that, they're going to tell you to stay home. You have the medication. You have the Tylenol to the reduce the fever.
1: And that's and that's it. And Nikki, in, ter- in terms of in terms of supplies that you have, do you have what you need to protect yourself as you're going into into these apartments and homes?
3: We don't. We are limited on supplies. A lot of the companies are actually having us reuse our N95 masks. Because we don't have enough supply. We don't have enough high-risk kits, gowns, um, hairnets, things like that that go in the kits, boots, like the booty covers to cover our boots to go into these patients' houses to protect ourselves or even our family. I find myself, when I get off work, taking off my clothes in front of my door, leaving my shoes outside my door because I'm not trying
1: to bring it in my house. I know. I think we all need to be taken off our shoes when we go in the front door. But
2: look at an interesting piece here. We have, um, you know... uh, Nikki. Nikki. We have workers in the hospital that leave, right? Right. And, And they are taking care of these patients. And they don't have protective equipment, right? Nikki just told us exactly, if you show up, even if you're positive and you have fever... They don't have space for you in the hospital, right? You have right. to go home until you have like oxygen saturation So you've issues. already
1: exposed yourself to a bunch more people.
2: On your way to the hospital and then going back, I'm sure there's no uh, transportation for you. I mean, whatever right. the case, right? So if you're taking a bus back, right? Which exposes like the bus drivers, right? Or you- and the buses are crowded. Correct. Even if you walk or whatever happens, you have to grab some food. Imagine going back home and then telling everyone at home, hey, um, I just got, I'm just positive for COVID-19. And so if the healthcare workers don't have uh, protective equipment, how do you expect people at home in real time to have protective equipment? Right. right? And so not everyone lives in In a a massive mansion, right? So people might live in a one-bedroom apartment, they're sharing, and you show up. And so what happens? You you start in the corner of the house, and you're coughing in the house. Right. So I I think this is something that we should be more proactive about this, to give out gloves and everything, uh, PPEs, and
1: to every single person in our community. No, everybody. All right. Nikki, thank you very much for what you're doing. We really appreciate it. Thank you, guys. All right. Hang in there, okay? We'll try. All right. Please please do it. And and stay stay in touch with us. Give us a call next weekend. Let us know how it's going, okay? Absolutely. Thank you so much. All right. No, thank, thank you really for what you, you guys are doing because you're coming into people's apartments and, you know, h- houses at the, at the most critical moment and at moments when, you know, they're the most panicked and most upset. And, uh, my hat's off to you because it's a lot to deal with and you, you guys are the best. So thank you. Thank you so much for the call. Keep up the great work and, uh, Nikki, check back with us next week. Let's see. Let's see how things are going. Let's go right now. 1-800-223-9797. Let's go to Geo Geo. hi. You're on hot 97. Go right ahead.
8: Yeah. Yeah. Good morning. Um, I just want to give a shout out to all first responders, NYPD firefighters. Um, me, like myself, I'm like uh, Josh. I'm a tow truck driver. I work on the highways for uh, towing for NYPD, and I would tell Josh, do what I do. I always wear my gloves. I spray my truck with Lysol every time. Um, every time I'm at a scene, it doesn't even matter. My boss doesn't even want us putting people in the trucks. Um, people you gotta stay home. You gotta stay home. I mean it right. it, it really sucks, but you just gotta stay home, man, because I'm seeing people in parks. I got friends that work in the parks department that they have to go in there and these people are still out there playing basketball. I mean, you don't get it. It's it's a sad thing, you know. Yep. My, my my wife, she's a ACS worker and she has to she's a first responder. She has to were with kids and And then go into the, go the into families. To the
1: homes, right?
8: Yeah, she has to go into these homes, and, you know, she's at a point where she's, she has to video chat sometimes just because, you know, it, it, she, she she doesn't want to bring it home. And I don't want to. I'm just getting home from work. I work overnight. Wow. And I'm just getting home from I'm walking in my door as we speak, and, you know, it, it's dangerous out there. It's really dangerous. And, you know, God bless you guys. God bless Hot 97. You guys are the most informative Radio station. I've and I listen to them all. And Hot ninety seven is the most informative radio station you can you you have out there right now. You guys are a blessing. NYPD, we love you. FDNY, EMS, we love you guys. Nurses, doctors, yo, you without you, we're not gonna be here. You know, ACS workers, keep up the good work. And home attendants, all these home
1: attendants and health home attendants,
8: all of them like they're going into these people's homes. Yo, Gigi, we we, we got to show them more love. We got to show them more love. All right. We'll, sh- uh, Lisa, we'll share. dot. you guys have a wonderful day. I need to get some sleep. But, <laughs> thank you, you know, God bless you guys. All thank right, you. Gio,
1: God bless you. And thank you so much. Thank you for uh, so much for the call and for the love. Let's go to Tommy right now. Tommy, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead.
14: Hey, what's up, Hot 97?
1: Hey, Tommy. Yes. What's your question or comment?
14: My question is, I keep I keep hearing about scoffs. I wear a scoff around my nose and i think it's very effective i mean i haven't had any problems what does the doctor think about a scarf can this compensate instead of wearing a regular plastic like a filter or like a plastic mask all right let's get him to
1: let's get him to talk about that because i'm seeing it and i saw yesterday too a lot more kind of homemade masks people had scarves uh people roll up bandanas and put them around their face Uh, Dr. Manny, it's given that you can't get... I mean, a real N95 mask should be left just for first responders and healthcare workers, correct? Correct. So Not that you can get one anyway, but...
2: Correct. So every mask you have is just based on different kind of layers, right? And what it prevents from coming through, right? So, of course, if you had... Um, so, so anything that could block your nose or, or, or prevent any kind of like dust particles or viruses or bacteria, um, it, it's better than not having anything, right? Um, so if you were to look at filtration levels and you say, uh, which is better? Is it better to have a mask on or have a scarf? So of course, the mask is much better, right? Because it has multiple layers and it could filter things better, right? Then. It's like a winter coat, right? Would you put on a, right. it? Right,
1: as opposed to a windbreaker. Correct, a long
2: sleeve, a windbreaker, or a winter a coat. Hoodie, right? Correct, based on the temperature, it's kind of different, right? But in today we don't. We have a shortage of N95s, so it's preferred that healthcare workers who are at a higher risk and the front lines should get those first. And so um, the recommendation, even from the CDC and the president, is if you have a scarf, you could put it on, right? Uh, m- home. It's made. better than nothing. You're it's saying it's better than nothing. Correct. It's better, better than
1: nothing. nothing. So that's yeah. that's the answer. There, it's better than nothing. One 9797. two three ninety seven ninety seven. Let's Go to uh, Omar right now. Omar, hi. You're on Hot ninety seven. Go right ahead.
6: Yeah, how you doing? Uh, it's good to, uh, I guess, fit, uh from a nurse. Uh, I've been a nurse for like twenty four years. Uh, worked in uh, you know uh, a lot of different uh, rehab facilities, and uh, this uh, virus has, uh, really got the nurses very nervous to come to work. Um, you know, it's it's a lot of residents that are carriers and. Uh, you know, um, sometimes you're working with them not knowing, you know, if they have the virus or not. Um, the equipment's another thing. You've you got to use the uh, the uh, uh, mask and, uh, you know, uh, you got to, uh, like, uh, keep the gowns and the rooms and stuff that uh, uh, the patients that you're taking care of that have the virus. And, uh, you know, if it, uh, we had a lot more supplies, uh, like uh, the covers for your sneakers, and uh, the hair necks, and uh, goggles, um, if we had a lot of the quality. And you review.
1: would have to review and wash it. No, absolutely, it, it, Omar. Let me just because we're 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 almost out of time for the show. And I, so you work you're in, you work in a nursing home. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let, let me uh, fi- let me find out from from Doctor Manny uh, what he, what he has to say about that because th- first of all, thank you for what you're doing. And extremely dangerous. We saw in New Jersey a pocket in a nursing home, a lot of cases, and then the the nurses and the nurses aides were coming in there, and they weren't being told which patients were positive for COVID-19. Then they find out there were six in this one particular nursing home there and not given any type of protection. Nursing home, there's, there's a lot of nursing home workers. And also, too, because people, you know, regular staff are getting sick. Um, you know, people are being, you know, coming into these jobs that don't usually work at that particular facility. What, what do you say to them, to these these nursing home, nursing home workers?
2: I, I think, um, first of all, the employer should make sure that these people are safe right, right. be on the front lines and that's the reason why we, have, we see these numbers increasing right we are in a pretty bad spot as a country <laughs> dealing with this right uh, if you look at places like Louisiana Florida right uh, people didn't take this seriously no now it's getting worse and so I think we need to take this thing seriously especially for, for workers like that in a nursing home those patients are already at high risk right, right. They have comorbid conditions right can not take care of themselves that's why they are there and you show up, and then you don't have you don't you're not protecting the employees, and they're going from room to room and seeing patient to patient. That's why you see these clusters of this outburst in the nursing find. home, correct. So those patients, those those workers should be protected. And that's I think that's the least that could, that we could do. And they
1: should be tested too.
2: Correct, like, like regular protected. health.
1: Because also too in the nursing homes, when they're dealing with, the, with with these elderly patients, many of whom are sick, it's it's very it's physically hands on. This isn't just like here's your medicine, here's your cup of water, swallow these pills. It's like they they have to help them eat. They have to basically help them do everything. Correct. Many uh, of them. Correct. Not all uh, and of them. I, and I but in, in some of the more intensive care ones. Now, correct. Uh, and, and this is a bright
2: position in which we should re- rethink how we do things, right? And, and so, one, I think testing, universal testing, will be the ideal situation. Period. And the story. Correct. Then we know th- those are at risk, and th- we would have to wait till you have symptoms and fever and can breathe before right. you start intervening, right? Right. The earlier you actually identify and start treating people, is way better than waiting till they get more, like, way sick to, to right. do it. I, I, I could bet you that today we have people at home probably listening to us right now that probably have fever. But they're waiting for the next symptom to show up. I'm waiting for the next symptom, right? Until wow, I can't breathe and I have pneumonia. Then I go to the hospital,
1: right? Right. So we want to catch people early and I treat them early. That's the best uh, uh, practice of medicine. The best, w- the the best way to do it. Okay, let's go to, uh, let's let's go. I think it's Marcy or Margie. Let's go. Okay, Mark. Hey, Mark. You're, is it Mark or Margie? It's Marquise. How you doing? Oh, Marquise. Okay, Great. I saw the Q there, but it looked kind of like a J, so a G. Well, Mar- Marquise. Mar- uh, thank you for your call.
11: Thank you. My question is, I see a lot of them using uh, their employees to clean up the place, and it's exposing them to getting sick. I want to know how come they don't have hazmatic crew teams coming and clean the place like they? I see them doing in other countries. America is doing nothing at all but counting bodies. There's no hazmat team going in making cleanups. That's my
5: question. i want right. to put that out to the too. No, I think you should put
1: out that. Okay, let's put it out there to Dr. Well, we, we can put it out to Dr. Manny right now. What about that? The Because we, we see power washing in China. We see all kinds of uh, hazmat type cleaning. Well, I, I I don't think that we are taking this as, as serious as we should,
2: right? I mean, you see this still, guy, even still, even still. Yeah, right. I, I think there's a lot more things that we could do. Um You know, to, to to protect ourselves. Does it hurt? You know, you know, to clean the streets and spray buildings. No, it doesn't hurt, right? But a lot of times you have to look at the cost benefit um right. analysis piece, right? And, and so it doesn't mean we just blow. Um, money out just for the sake but of shutting down
1: out. shutting down places of business which many are doing and right. which many are doing when somebody tests positive and then they do a deep they do a deep cleaning
2: they, they do deep cleaning but I, I, do I think that all essential workers should be tested that, that should be the, it, the it, question. Be a question of a debate right? Right. you get essential worker and you're going out there should you be tested in general, right? To know if right. you're at risk, then maybe you, you get pulled out instead of you going out until you have symptoms, <laughs> right? Because you might be going out and then infecting other people, and then later uh, things get worse. So mm-hmm. as testing exactly. um, ramps up, I wonder what the guidelines would be
1: around that. Let's let let's hope let's hope that it does. We got time for one more caller. Okay, we got time for uh, one more caller here. Let's go to uh, let, let's go to uh, Vic right now. Vic, hi. You're on Hot ninety seven. Go right ahead. Hi, good morning.
3: Um, right, so I work at Amazon or one of the Amazon facilities and it's a pretty large facility. They do send us text messages every day to let us know basically that they're confirming cases every day, but they're not giving the exact amount. My facility holds 4,500 people. We are the biggest facility Amazon owns. We are in New York City, Staten Island. My concern is how do I find out actually how many people in that building have the coronavirus? i have to go to work i need my money if you voluntarily take time off they will not pay you that's my question
1: all right vic thank you very much for the call and 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 big shout out to all the amazon workers too we didn't mention them when we were talking about the packages and the deliveries because amazon is is the only way a lot of people are getting the things that they need at this particular time And, and amazon has said that they're taking this very seriously they have their whole COVID 19 thing on their on their website but when you have these big facilities like that dr manny uh, th- that's a concern. Like, is And and also, too, it's impossible now to find out really too much information about, we see these red dots of where hotspots are, but is it down to like the micro level, like this street has so many cases or that street has so many cases?
2: No, correct. And, and don't forget, there's also a lot of stigma uh, associated with this, right? And so um, it'd, be, it'd be much easier to, to call people out by name and say, hey, in this department they had three people, and then you could tell that the three people are not at work, so you know exactly where those three people are, <laughs> right? And there's still privacy in, in terms of health data, right? on what you can expose.
1: Well, that's the other issue, too. Correct.
2: And so from, from the company side, I can understand why they will not necessarily say how many people, like, by a number. But then overall, you can find out how many people inside the island have a disease, but not specifically in that in that location because of that. But I, I personally believe that the same uh, precautions uh, that, we, that we've discussed earlier, I mean, for people, you know, put it, washing your hands, right, uh, keeping that safe distance from people, right, um, having um, a face mask and, and gloves, you should have that mindset of I am infected and the person I'm speaking to, I'm next to might be infected that should be the universal mindset right, right. to
1: protect yourself regardless of what situation uh, you are in you should maintain that all right and then just final final word quick word from you on how people can deal with because we're, we're we're gonna be we're gonna have a you agree we're gonna have a rough week correct we're going to have a rough week
2: uh, but we're all in this together i think the mindset and that that i think we, should, we go into this week thinking is listen we're a community if you have you know face masks that you're hoarding at home please share with your neighbors right if you think that uh, your postal worker you know should have a face mask and you have some extras at home please do give them some they might not be wearing it because they don't have access to it right if you have extra gloves please do share right um if you have food share with your neighbors a lot of people are, are currently unemployed
1: and there's a lot of food pant we didn't even talk about that the food pantries that are uh, closed and people needing food. Correct. Correct.
2: Um, the people need food. Um, you know, even even people on unemployment, they might not get their checks on time, right? And then if you get your check, right. grocery, you might not get groceries on time. So let's share and support each other,
1: right? And it's gonna be it's gonna be a little bit it's gonna be rough, and we'll get through it together, as Doctor Manny said, as as a community too, and um, those stimulus checks too. It, it's if you have direct deposit, you can expect that pretty soon in a couple of weeks. If you don't have direct deposit, it could be one of those check in the mail, and who knows when it's going to get to you. So we really need to be reaching out to people, need to check. Be checking on our neighbors. If you if you have things you want to donate to particular groups or particular causes or particular aspects of this pandemic, uh, please email us streetsoldiers at hot 97com Everybody's overstressed. Everybody's overworked, and we're going to try to match you up with the right place so that those supplies, uh, whether it, whether it's food, whether it's masks, whether it's gloves, uh, whether it's non perishable food, cases of food, cases of water, uh, energy drinks, whatever it is, we are going to try to make sure that that gets to uh, put you in touch with it because we we don't have a delivery system here. We're a radio station. Um, we have a lot here and we've got great people but we don't have all, all those kind of vehicles and stuff but we will try to connect you with the people that can get it right to where it needs and uh, you know where it needs to go and people that will, will use it directly. So that is street soldiers at hot97.com and I'm going to be trying to put a little inspirational mess. I have an inspirational message every morning on my Twitter at Lisa Evers. I'll be giving you a uh, Instagram, little Instagram report every day. Um, get a little more consistent with that. It's been been a lot of work at Fox Five News uh, for us, as you can imagine. A lot of shows that we're doing. So. Um, Check that out too, but just follow me Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. I'll be posting whatever information that's verified that we can verify and is helpful. We'll be we'll be putting that out there for you. And I want to thank my whole Hot ninety seven team here on deck. We got Jack on the boards keeping us on the air, and I producing. Marilyn on the phone. She was taking all these phone calls. And also, I want to thank our whole Hot ninety seven executive team because they really went above and beyond to try to make this possible for us to be here in real time, so that we could be here for you. That's what that's what it's all about. Uh, Pat Walsh, Pio Farrell, Patricia Robinson, Mike Fox, Victor Giacomelli. Remember, use your mind. It's your best weapon. I hope it's your only weapon. Let's push for peace, health, and love.